Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today on Personally Speaking, I'll be joined by Emmy Award-winning television host Kathy Lee Gifford, whose latest book is called It's Never Too Late. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and the four-time Emmy Award winner, actress, singer, and television host, Kathy Lee Gifford, joins me now. Kathy Lee is best known for her 11 years co-hosting the popular fourth hour of the Today Show alongside Hoda Kotb, and for her 15-year run on the talk show Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, which she co-hosted with Regis Philbin. In September of this year, Then Came You, a film she has written, produced, and starred in alongside Craig Ferguson, was released, and in April of this year, she made her directorial debut with The God Who Sees, the short film shot in Israel based on a song she co-wrote. Kathy Lee Gifford has authored numerous books and four New York Times best-selling books, including The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. Her latest book is called It's Never Too Late. The subtitle is Make the Next Act of Your Life the Best Act of Your Life, in which she talks about her life, moving to Nashville, and the dreams God has placed in her heart that she continues to pursue. She hopes it's never too late will inspire others to go for their dreams. Although she retired from daytime TV in 2019, Kathy Lee is as busy as ever. To quote her directly, quote, I'm not retiring, I'm refiring. Kathy Lee is here to talk about hearing God's calling and living with a renewed sense of purpose. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, once again, our dear friend, Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee Gifford's our guest. We're talking about her latest book, which is called it's never too late. Now, Kathy Lee, let me start with the, the book itself. For those friends around the country who get a copy of this and they read it, what they'll find is that it sounds, when you read the book, like you're having a conversation with Kathy Lee. You have a gift for writing in the way that you talk. How did you develop that? I do a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> you get good at what you keep doing. <laughs> it is. It's so... so uh, so easily read, and it's like talking to someone who's an old friend. Well, you and I are. Yeah, that's the truth. You're stuck with me. You can't get rid of me. I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to get a little less headroom. Are I getting more of that thing? Thank you. Thank I, you. Is this okay for you? It's, you're looking great to me. I wish I could reach through the camera and take I'd you right you. in. I'd like to hug you. Kathy Lee and her book, It's Never Too Late. There's many things I love. But one of the things that I was struck by, you have that section about evil Knievel, his relationship with Frank and you. But there, <laughs> there comes a point where he says to you, I calls you out of the blue and he says, I hate Jesus. And it reminded me of uh, other books I've read, like The Rage Against God by, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Peter Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens' brother. Christopher, or yes. Or uh, Anthony DeStefano's Inside the Atheist Mind. How come people sometimes, even if they don't want to believe in anything, feel that they have to go after someone like you or me who does believe for the guy we love the most. Nobody ever says I hate Buddha. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I don't hate Buddha, but I don't, and I don't hate anybody, but nobody ever goes, you know why? Because the name of Jesus 
is so profound and sacred, Yeshua, it, it, it cuts to the bone and, and down deeper to the, the joint and the marrow, the word. He is the word of God. In John, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And his name was Yeshua and it still is. And so that name either draws humankind to himself or repels them because mm-hmm. to, re- to, to receive him is to have to make yourself accountable for your life. Okay. Not that he's judgmental. It's because he's not. Jesus said, I came into the world not, not to condemn it, but to, yeah. to love it, to serve, to give, to give my life for it, to save and redeem. He's the redeemer, not, yeah. the, not, not the judge, not the way we've been taught in our Western culture that God is a vengeful. And that's why people hate the idea of God, of God that way. Mm-hmm. They're right to hate that idea because that's not him. It's a total misrepresented uh, representation of who and what God is. And they're right to hate that. Now, one, one, of, one of Jesus' main agents is Kathy Lee Gifford. And I mention that because in the book, Kathy Lee, this guy tells you, I hate Jesus. And you go on to spend considerable hours talking yeah. to him, loving him, embracing him, even over the phone. Yeah. Come on, what is it in you that someone can say, I hate the man you love the most, and you keep talking to them and loving them anyway? Because that's why we're here, Jim. Yeah. Jesus didn't say, go and, go and drive people crazy and preach at them. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. Leave, leave everything else up to me. You're not, you're not capable of it. I give you, I give you uh, the choice, whether to love people or give up on them mm-hmm. or spit on them. We have freedom of our will. That's what separates us from the rest of, of the animal kingdom, you know. Uh, and I choose every time I'm, I'm lucid and sober, <laughs> I choose the choice, choose love. You know, choose love. And it never comes back void. Took 30 years with Howard Stern. It took a long time with, with uh, uh, evil. Uh, and who was not evil at all. He was an right, actual, right. a very sweet guy. And it, God has placed me in situations. You know that, Jim, from being friends for so long. He's placed me there for that reason. I mean, I, I don't know why I do what I do and where I've done it. But yeah. I knew it from I, my earliest memories that I was supposed to tell the world that God loved them as he loves them. Let's talk about that love, Kathy Lee. And in her book, Kathy Lee talks about specifically some time with Howard Stern. I had recently a a priest in another parish who took some shots at me, totally unjust and untrue. I got to tell you something, Kathy Lee, if I never run into this guy again, it would be okay. What I don't intend to do is look at him or look for him in a gathering and say, I think I'll go talk to this man who, who vilified me. You, you see Howard Stern in a public place and decide to go have a hello and to wish him well after he's treated you absolutely miserably. Come on, why, Kathy Lee? Why do that? Because I was sitting in the makeup and hair room, minding my own business, <laughs> just getting ready to do my job. And I looked up and he was on the television monitor. Uh, and they had gone through all kinds of machinations to make sure that our paths did not cross. Yeah. Not because of me. Because it became a, a legendary feud between the two of us. Mm. I'd never met the man. I've never seen his television or his radio show, never heard him on the radio. I've had a big life and I'm busy and I was a mother at three, two kids going into a TV show in the morning. I don't turn the radio on. I'm doing my homework, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and every time I'd hear that he'd done something or said something, 
the Lord, I, I believe that I should live my life the way Jesus modeled it. He said, pray for those who hurt you. Mm. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Those who despise you the most, love them back the most. Give them your coat. Feed them. And I just think, I'm gonna, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, Mm. And I do, which means a little Christ, which I'm not. But I, you know what? I am a very bad follower of Jesus, but I'm a sincere <laughs> one. And, and if he says do that, then every single time I heard that Howard had said something or done something, of course, in your humanity, right away you go, you're hurt because it makes no sense. I don't even know the man. Mm-hmm. What did I do to him, you know? And then the Lord speaks to you. I hear him as clearly as I hear your voice, but it's in my, it's in my soul it's his soul speaks to me. And he said, Kathy, every time he said, forgive him. He's wounded. Forgive him and love. And when you forgive, love can't live where hate does, right? It's like oil and vinegar. They, they cannot, serve, they don't live together. And the light always dispenses the darkness. And the minute I would pray for anybody, there were lots of people that were disparaging me for many, many years that I didn't know why. I just, but we also... Uh, it, it comes from a place of woundedness. And, and God told me years ago, Kathy, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. There are many, many more out there that love you, care about you, receive the gift that you give every day of whatever, laughter or whatever. You know, you only hear from the ones who lash out because I represent something to them that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's what Howard, I explained in the book, what he ultimately said to me. I don't I, I, you're, you're, we were the same age, both grew up in Maryland. I don't want to give away the book because it's, it's a bigger story and it needs to be told properly. But he just, I was, he says, you're everything I'm not. And it made me, and he uses very wow. colorful language, you know. Kathy Lee goes into, she spares herself in this book, not at all in terms of being honest and true. Uh, one of the things you address, Kathy Lee, and it's never too late, is, uh, is the whole issue of the sweatshops. And here's what I was struck by. You know, for the past four or more years, President Trump has been out there talking about fake news, fake news. And he's not wrong. But I mention that because you were an early victim of fake news. Not only was the accusation untrue, but then the media kept replaying and replaying the untruthfulness of it all. As Um, if it were true. As if it were true. Now, do you have any clue, whether it's through his uh, challenges over the past four years or your own challenges in that switch stop shop story? Like, how are we to deal with the inaccuracies of so much in popular media? Well, honestly, um, as I try to approach everything, I don't believe I could have ever had a career uh, if if social media existed back then. As bad as it was towards me in just the newspapers and regular mainstream media, as evil as it was and as cruel, Mm -hmm. I considered moving my family out of this nation. I said, if this is the way our media, our country wants to treat people. Frank and I were like a month away from opening a a home for AIDS and crack babies in New York City that we had to earn $28 million to have the 14 million after taxes to build. And I just thought, how in the world does it make sense to anybody looking at this picture that I've been an advocate for children my entire life since I was a child, but now one day I wake up and I go, but now, now I'm going to put a few of them to work. In a, what? It's insane. And, and the fact that the truth did not matter 
It was only to sell the newspapers sell, and destroy a good man, a good family, a good, um, uh, and, and, and they didn't care that, that these babies were not gonna be cared for if we didn't build that building. They don't give a rip about the things they care about, they say they care about. And they prove it every day by the maliciousness of what they do. I don't get involved politically. The three times I've gotten politically in my life was uh, for children's issues. I've sued the state of New York three mm -hmm. times and won three times for children. <laughs> I write about some of those in the book. Never shared that story, really. It was, it's about unblinding of HIV uh, for, for pregnant women. It was about uh, border babies, babies being housed mm -hmm. in uh, never, just horrible stuff. And it was about um, asthma because the air was so dirty in, uh, in, in New York. And I, each time through the, uh, the Association of Benefit Children, which we were involved with, we sued and we won each time. And it was Billy Graham years ago who said to me, Kathy, don't get bogged down in politics. Yeah. Politics, he said, the few times that I did, I, I regret it. Right, right. That I, I, I stay on course. All Jesus did was talk about the, the kingdom of heaven and how God loves his, everyone he has created. Tell people that Jesus loves them and, and nothing else. You know, that goes very much. Someone asked me recently, have you got... Uh, hopes that, you know, we're going to change the abortion culture. And I said, you know, um, I don't know about laws. All I know is about if you change hearts and minds and help people to come to love their child in the womb, then we don't have to worry about that, do we? Yeah. Uh, laws yeah. can only do what laws can do, but people make choices. And, and you're saying with the help of God, we can make the right choice. All right. Kathy Lee also in her book, Never Too Late, uh, addresses these issues that are so sensitive, obviously one of them being Frank's infidelity. But here's a line in there that you, you mentioned that I wanted you to share with our, our listeners. Uh, so, someone who you love and trusted said, um, if you can forgive your husband, forgive your, your children's father. What did that mean to you, Kathy Lee? Well, it meant the world to me. And in fact, I try to get my mind straight on this. It was very, very similar. Just one year before had been the sweatshop accusations. Mm -hmm. It was Father John O'Connor, right? Was it O'Connor? Was his yes, last name? John O'Connor. Yes, during that time, we met at his residence across the street from St. Patrick's right. with the young woman who, and the man who accused me in Congress of these things. He had his, his witness, this young woman who um, had fingernails this long, red. You don't get those kinds of fingernails working in a sweatshop. I knew that right <laughs> away. And she couldn't look at me, and he couldn't look at me either. Ooh. Couldn't look at me. And, and I was, you know, I knew that all of the accusations were false. I kept saying to myself, the truth will set me free. The truth will set me free. And I knew that I ha had not put any children uh, to work in sweatshops. I don't own any sweatshops. I had no factories. I had never hired anybody. So how do you have them if you, you know? And of course, they never, the, the press never went out to, to, to find out if I had them. They just listened to this one person who stood up and accused and just accused. And so I got a little message in the middle of this very long and hard day. I should have written about that too in the book, which you're reminding me. And it was from the Cardinal. And he said, Kathy, I would love to say hello to you uh, after this is over. Uh, will you come meet me at the side here? I'll be waiting for you. And I, I said, of course, yes. And I went to meet him and I had not heard, it makes me cry to this day, I had not heard a kind word from anybody in months, it seemed like at this point, just accusing, accusing. And, and he, you know what he did? He just goes, 
Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> he put his arms out to me. And I, and I just went over to him and he just held me. He really just held me. He says, I'm so, so sorry. He knew it wasn't true. And then he looked at me and just like this other friend who said what they said, which got my eyes off me, mm-hmm. he said, just remember, our Lord did not change this world so much through his miracles as through his suffering. And, and if you are willing to suffer for these little ones who are in sweatshops, who are being mistreated, who are being trafficked, God will bless you. God will bless you. He knows you didn't do any of this, mm-hmm. but he is obviously letting this happen for a reason. And about two months later, we changed the, the Hot Goods Act in Albany that had been languishing in, in uh, or um, a year later in in, um, in New York. When mm-hmm. I when my well, it's it's all convoluted in my brain now because it was <laughs> in ninety five and ninety six and ninety seven. Mm-hmm. But those two events happened a year apart with the sweatshops with the Cardinal and right. with. The, a very beautiful uh, counselor friend of ours up on the Upper East Side. And they both said something different, but it had the same um, result. Mm-hmm. It got my eyes off me yeah. and my pain, the mm-hmm. pain of being unfairly accused when I'm trying to do good in this world and the pain of being betrayed by the, one, the person I love the absolute most in this world, you know, uh, and and each time I said, okay, it is, this isn't about me. This is about people that are being forced to work in sweatshops. And then the next thing was, this isn't about me and my pain, which is real. This is about my children. Mm-hmm. And, and I, even if I'm struggling with what my husband did and the fact that he took it so cavalierly afterwards, when I forgave him just like that, the problem wasn't that I didn't forgive him. I did. The problem was that it was so easy for me in his mind. Well, then it didn't mean anything to me. Right, right. And it right. meant everything to me. It devastated me. Yeah. It didn't humiliate me the way the world, like, oh, Frank humiliated Kathy Lee. No, he didn't. Frank humiliated Frank. Yeah. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I can humiliate myself just fine, thank you. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but uh, the other thing was true too. I, I, was, I was so wrapped up in, my, in the injustice of being accused of that. Mm. So when the Cardinal said that to me, I realized, you know, it isn't about you, Kathy. Yeah. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose is what um, uh, it says in uh, uh, Romans eight twenty eight, meaning everything has a purpose under the sun when it happens. You it's know, just, it's and, Kathy, and, and, Kathy you know, and I are talking today. You and, I talk, you and I are talking on a, a feast day of Mary in the church. And I mention that because the gospel today is uh, Mary finds out she's pregnant with Jesus and she could easily have focused on herself and, oh my God, I'm young and I'm in trouble. And how am I going to explain this to Joseph? But immediately the next line is she heads across the hill country to help Elizabeth, her kinswoman, who is with child John the Baptist. And I thought to myself, Mary turned her crisis into service to others. In other words, she got out of herself. And you're saying you did the same thing. You focused on others and it freed you. Well, I'm, I don't put myself up there with Mary. <laughs> but um, remember what she immediately said after the angel Gabriel said, you will be with child and you will call him Jesus. She says, how can this be for I'm a virgin? And so the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the shadow of the Almighty will over, mm-hmm. you know, basically uh, overwhelm you and the baby will indwell you, basically is what she was, he was saying to her. And she says this, I am the Lord's servant. 
-hmm. May it be unto me as you have said. As you said, yeah. Obedience to God. Wouldn't that be good if we could all do that? Yeah. We don't see, we do not live our life of faith uh, by sight. Yeah. We, we live our life of faith by faith. Okay. And, Kathy, and that's what makes things a miracle. You can't describe one because it's a miracle. All right. Let's, let's follow up on this now. You have two children who this year got married, all right? Um, we have a thing in the parish called Pre-Cana Prepares Kids for Marriage. And one of the things I say to them in my talk is, if you forget everything from today, remember one thing. Uh, there's no such thing as sex without consequence. And, and don't ever give in to the temptation to cheat because no matter what happens, it will break the heart of the person you love the most in the world. That's well, my message. God's here. heart first, because he now, sees it when it happens. Your kids got married this year. What kind of advice or counsel have you tried to give them about what makes or unmakes the beauty of marriage? Well, I, I tried to, um, to live, a, you can't really, you have to live it in front of your kids or they'll spend the rest of their lives telling you that you didn't. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you call it pre-Cana, which was the wedding feast, of course, uh, in the town of Cana, uh, where Jesus uh, manifested for the first time his glory mm -hmm. and his, his, and his, with the first, which I love, that he turned water into wine. And if you read my book, The Rock, the Road, and the Rabbi, you'll realize why there were that many pots of water. Every number in the Bible means something. So he was restoring. Jesus was restoring. What, it's, it's too hard to talk about it with you, but you should have on your show Rabbi Jason Sobel, who I wrote. Right, right. He takes everything 10 layers deeper than, than the scripture does, and it's so fascinating. But I've learned in my rabbinical studies going to Israel that when the Hebrews were told to go into the promised land and take the land that God had already said, you are going to take the land, I, you know, just, just obey me, be faithful, do what I say to do. You know what the Hebrews' cry was from the, from the gut of, them, of their very being? The Hebrew battle cry is, Kana! That's what they would cry when they would go in to take the land that God had promised. So what you're basically saying in a pre-Cana, Kana! We're going to go <laughs> okay. take this. We're going to commit. We're going to commit with our whole being right. to this. And, and too many people go into marriage very similarly than they do to uh, anything else in this, this world today, very casually. People get divorced mm -hmm. for, you know, a hangnail. Mm, I don't feel like being married today and that guy looks cute, you know, or whatever. It's a commitment. It, it's, it's a covenant. And covenant is huge in, in the Christian faith because it was huge in the Jewish faith. Mm -hmm. And so few people understand Jim, you do, that, that Christianity is a sect of Judaism. All of it came out of Judaism. And, and people, I have people who have still come up to me and they go, Kathy, but Jesus was, was Catholic, right? <laughs> oh, no, the Catholic Church came hundreds of years later. Jesus was a Jew. And you may not like to hear that. It may not fit with your theology, but you... You cannot deny from scriptures, Jesus was Jewish. Mary was Jewish. Uh, Joseph, his earthly father, was Jewish. All of the disciples, the first 12 disciples, were Jewish. The first apostle was one of the greatest Jews of his day, Saul of Tarsus. I mean, they were all Jews until a Jew named Peter saw a vision where God said to him, do not call unclean what I call clean. Go to the home of a Roman Remember Cornelius the centurion. 
and tell him, go into his home, which broke every Jewish law that, that, that Peter had learned his whole life. Jesus said, uh-uh, come break the rules with me. My rule is love. You go all the way up to Caesarea from Joppa, tell him that I love him, and then tell him that I died for him. And that was the very first Christian convert. All right. Now, you, these two children, Kathy Lee, I am not a parent, but I want to know from you, who's a mega parent. <laughs> <laughs> they just haven't written their book yet. <laughs> How, is, is it hard to let these children you love so much and you devoted so much of your life to, to let them go to create a whole new family? Is it tough at all? Oh, my gosh. Easiest thing I ever did. Okay. Easiest thing I've ever done because the Lord gave me some, once in a while he gives me wisdom. I wish he'd give me more. I knew that the worst thing I could ever do was not let my children soar. Mm. I raised them to soar. The Bible says soar on the wings of the wind with him. Well, you can't see, you, they cannot do that if you've got them in the nest and you don't want to let them go. Mm-hmm. You, it, it, once they are adults, they want, the Bible says train up your children in the way they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. And they test you on that. That's why it's so important to know the word of God. The word of God is what sustains us. We have to memorize it. In the Greek and the Hebrew original sources, not not the King James Version. It's the worst worst translation of the Bible. (laughs) Jesus was not a carpenter, everybody. He wasn't. There was no buildable wood in Israel in the first century. He was a stonemason. So I taught my kids this stuff. And then I watched them go through some of the, you know, kissing a few frogs and a few frogettes. And all of a sudden I watched the Lord answer Frank's and my prayers and bring that right person into their life that God had created for them before the dawn of time. I want to thank Kathy Lee Effort for being with us. We could talk for hours because there's so much in her book worth reflecting on, pondering about. Uh, I hope we'll talk again, Kathy Lee, but just thank you for writing the book. And for our listeners around the country, get a hold of it's never too late because uh, one thing about Kathy Lee is she's radically, painfully, wonderfully, delightfully honest. And, uh, and she's wonderfully honest and direct in the book in ways that challenge us all to love more fully, to, to forgive more fully, and to never give up that as uh, her friend Paul Newman once said, as long as you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. She continues to live her purpose as God gives you the vision to see and challenges us all to do the same. Kathy Lee, we love you very much. Thank you for being here. Oh, with thank us. you, Jim. Awesome to see you. Thank Old you friends are the best friends. As we end today's program, I want to thank all of you for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can send them to me through my website, which is www.CloseEncounterTV.com. All one word, CloseEncounterTV.com. To listen to our Personally Speaking podcast with some of our most recent shows, please go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. You can also listen to past episodes by going to www.ollmp.org. Ollmp.org, and you get not only recent shows, but also Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jadovitz, and thank you all so much for being with us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.